everybody. Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Ford McClaney, former diver at Texas A&M University. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And this podcast is obviously brought to you by Sideline Scout. I've got my uh, banner up in the back there, the Diving Pod, Sideline Scout, Cowling Robards, all of our fun sponsors. Just make sure you get over to sidelinescout.com, get hooked up with Poolside Live, the best in the business in terms of video replay. Uh, the other thing to note here, Diving 101, it's our episode number two. If you're new to the sport or just need a refresher on the numbers, um, how to score points, we've been told that episode number two is very helpful. And then our other sponsor currently is Crossbar. They were nice enough to set us up with a website at divingpod.com. Um, we've been having some interesting articles come out. Aaron always posts our uh, interview for the week on there. They're super awesome to work with. Great customer service. Like I said last week, someone said, in a world where it seems like customer service is non-existent, they're great. Um, and I can echo that. They've been awesome. But we're going to jump right in here, Ford. Just give us a uh, quick book, movie, and TV show recommendation. All right. Um, for those of you who have not seen Game of Thrones, let's uh, get on that. That's the that's the movie for the TV show. Um, movie, Remember the Titans. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's a classic, a man. Over the Titans. I haven't seen that in such a long time, but yeah, I, I probably should revisit that one. Yeah, it's a good, it's a feel good for sure. Um, yeah, let's keep Brett going here. We'll hit these quick and then we'll get onto the, the meat of the interview. But uh, favorite food, favorite music, and then a fun fact. Um, favorite food. I think Sunday night takeout, like Chinese or Thai food, is, is my move. Matter of fact, I might be uh, hitting that up next after the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, Thai food on a Sunday. Um, yeah, fun fact. Um, um, I'm also a recruiter. So I own my own recruiting company. I uh, I recruit engineers and I help people find jobs. Um, and yeah, I, own, I just started my own company this year. And so I've been trying to jump back into the diving world too, because it's kind of freed up a little bit of time for me. And so that's kind of why I've been trying to make my reintroduction to the diving world and give as much time to the sport that I love and the hobby that I love, you know? Tell me more about that, that day job, right? The recruiter, like what are yep. some of the challenges, the ups and downs, the, you know, super fun things? Um, well, with recruiting, it's a numbers game, right? So I'm constantly on the phone. Um, you, you have to find the business first. Um, so I'm going around to engineering firms, introducing myself on a regular basis, trying to, um, trying to, you know, just offer my services and say, Hey, I can, I can help find you people and basically gain their trust and get them to sign a contract with me that says, Hey, I'll give you 20% or you'll give me 20% of these people's salary. So there's a lot of trust development there. And then at the other end of the spectrum, I also have to find the people, which is a full-time job in itself. So I'm hunting around LinkedIn. I'm picking up rocks, looking under the rocks and just trying to find people, um, that fit these companies. And, um, yeah, it's a cool, it, it's a cool gig for someone that, you know, I, I grew up on a farm, just kind of doing kind of monotonous things where you're lifting up rocks, moving the rocks, you know, just stuff like that. So, um, finding or finding people and recruiting was just kind of second nature to me. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of like, um, like trial and error, obviously, but when you were first getting your feet wet with this, was there like a fair amount of rejection? And like, how did you handle some of that stuff? Um, rejection in what sense? Like, I just, I remember my time as a financial advisor and being a young kid and like, it's like, how do you build that trust? And, and how do you, 
you know, get over the fact that, okay, you know, this company has been in business for maybe 50, a hundred years. And, and you're kind of the new guy saying, you know, I can find you somebody that can fill this role. How do you do that? Yeah. You know, I, I kind of approached it, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I am um, the new guy in the block, but I kind of approached it with like, look at what I can present to you now, you know, and I can keep delivering like this. So I, I, I almost never show up empty handed. I'm like, I have people ready to go for your company right now. This is what I do. Um, and so like, you know, I try and target the same type of engineering firms, basically people that work in power utilities. Um, mm. So um, I just, I show up with engineers on hand and I'm like, can I please, um, can I please help fill some of your positions? Cool. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. Ford, what, what was like the progression? Like, what were you doing before that led you to be like, I want to start my own recruiting company. Like that seems, I mean, I would imagine it's kind of a scary jump to make, but an exciting one, but what was that progression for you to get to where you are now? Um, well, my company went out of business, so, right. so <laughs> you don't have uh, a choice. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? So I talked to the owner of the company and I was like, I've been working for you. I'm doing a really good job. Do you mind if I just take all the business that I've created for you and just do it on my own? And he was like, yeah, go for it. And so, you know, I had to move fast and on my feet. Um, and so he just kind of pivoted and it was sink or swim. Cool. That's awesome. All right. So just kind of now, like, you know, we got to know a little bit about you there, just kind of offhanded things, but just kind of take us through your journey. Um, you know, growing up on a farm, like you said, how did you get involved in the sport of diving? How you kind of touched on how you got to where you are now, but also like walk us through what that recruiting process was like for you, because through some background, I think you went to Florida state first, right. And then you ended up going to Texas A&M. So walk us through that recruiting process why Florida State and then why transfer? Sure. Um, so, sorry, can you guys see me? Okay. Yep. Yep. You're good. So, um, so starting at the recruiting process. Uh, yeah. Or just what got you started in diving first? Just let us know how you got started there. Yeah. So my dad was actually a diver in college, and so he kind of always exposed me to the sport. Um, and then my mom, she owned a gymnastics gym. And, um, so I was just kind of in the gym my whole life. And then, um, uh, I kind of got bored of it around eighth grade and I, I was kind of a late to jumping into the diving game. I really started diving when I was a freshman in high school. Like that's when I started doing USA diving meets. Um, and, um, so I went to a, one of those like hyper athletic high schools where sports is kind of everything. And so immediately I went in there and I was just training with their team for, you know, the first four months of high school, um, did pretty well at state, um, met some USA divers on the way because they were doing Missouri high school diving too. Um, David Benuki, I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Um, so David, I remember we were, we were just had a meeting. He's like, do you ever do USA diving stuff? And I was like, well, not really, not, not yet. And um, from there, um, it kind of put the spark in me to start. And I wanted to keep hanging out with these people because they seemed like they were having fun and I'd always kind of looked up to David Benuki, you know, awesome diver. And, um, and yeah, next thing you know, I'm at 14, 15 junior nationals. I got second place. It, I was off to junior worlds. And um, from there, I just, the hunger kept growing and I just wanted to keep getting better and I didn't really want to stop. Um, so I was on the prize for that. And I remember it's like 2009 at that point, And I wasn't asked to go to the world championship selection camp. And I was pissed about that. So then, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I was 14 though. Like what, <laughs> and nobody really, <laughs> so, 
Um, and I really wanted to go. Um, so then that year I wasn't allowed to go and I was like, all right, well, I need to turn it up. So I went to senior nationals that year and I got eighth place on three meter. And I was, a, I was a young kid still, you know, and I was just trying to make steady improvements. I think that being from Kansas, not really having like a steady club team and just, um, not really being able to train as much as I'd like to. And, and in the way that I'd like to, I think that I, again, I like really had to kind of sink or swim. And it was like, I'm just going to keep improving and really dedicate myself to the sport. Um, so once that happened, it all just kind of went escalated from there. And then um, I had seen the Florida State team at meets before. And I was just like, I really want to be a part of that team. Um, and so Patrick, he, um, he and I had stayed pretty close. Patrick Jeffrey, um, 1988, 1996 Olympian. He'd love a shout out, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> we love Patrick. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, Pat offered me a place on the team. Um, and next thing you know, I'm I'm going to Florida State. Actually, a few months early, I started there in um, um, 2011, summer of 2011. Stayed there. Um, he got me my first power list, which was great. I really wanted to be a platform diver. I, Kansas City's play, honestly, you guys, it's plagued by like a lack of diving infrastructure. So there's like, I'm trying to build a club team right now, and it's nearly nice. impossible to find a here. Um, so yeah. So um, next thing you know, I'm at Florida State. Partied a little too hardy. Uh, <laughs> it uh, wasn't the best match for me. I uh, I kind of lost sight of the goal there. But then I moved to Texas A&M. Um, a little bit better school, a little more structure and Jay and Wendy just, they really like just had me put the blinders on. And next thing you know, like I'm, I'm back on the incline again because of them. Um, and yeah, no, next thing, um, I'm an SEC champion. Crazy. So I do have one. It's like a clarifying question. So I want to make sure I understand correctly. So you started as a freshman in high school. So 13, 14. Yeah, and with and within three years, you're competing at senior nationals, getting eighth, and go like right, right. Like I understood that story correctly, right? Yeah. So it went my first year, I got second at junior nationals, and that was <laughs> put me on the map. That's insane. Like for any listener, like just put that in perspective. Start never touch a diving board before. Start and you can go get second at USA's. If that would happen, it would like, oh my god, I don't even know if we would know what to say. Like that would be so unheard of. Like, and it wasn't that long ago. That's awesome. Very cool. It wasn't that long ago. I know. I keep talking about ages with my nieces. <laughs> and I'm like, you were born like not that long ago, man. But it's been like 13 years ago. <laughs> this is this is kind of cool. Like, so when I was diving in college, I didn't really follow like the upper tier divers. I wasn't watching the USA meets. I wasn't watching Division One because I was competing. But we're the same age. Like this this is kind of like filling that gap of, you know, when I was a kid, I watched it. And then in college, I just was doing my own thing. And now, you know, clearly now watching it and following it a whole lot more. So you're filling this, this gap of, of where people were and what they were doing. And I'm a, a fan of that. And I'm excited to just continue today. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I was, you know, and, and something that helped me too, is I, I didn't really know what was going on. You know, I kind of came into USA diving, quickly moving fast you know and so like I knew 
people in 16, 18 in that age group, and they were all learning their two and a half. So I'm just 14, 15 being like, all right, I got to, and then I kind of walked into the meets having the higher DD. So that just kind of set me up against the other 14, 15. And so from there, I knew I had like a taste of that international success, you know, and I just didn't want to let it go. So I just kept going. Yeah. What, what separate, I mean, before Aaron goes, what separated you? What, what allowed you to be able to close the gap to so many other people like, were you really good at, like, what was your strength when you look back? What allowed you to close that gap so quickly? My strength was my my actual strength. I can jump higher than a lot of people. Um, I got a really big butt. <laughs> and, and I can jump higher than most people. Um, and so that just gave me, and I'm pretty quick twitch muscle too. So it just gave me the edge as far as DD goes. And then, um, you know, I had been doing those dives so much longer than the rest of the 16, 18 kids that when they all turned 16, 18, they had to up their DD. I had already been doing it for two yeah. years. And so I knew how to compete the dives, you know, because there is like a time when you learn new dives and you actually have to like develop the mindset on how you're going to do it, yep. you know, and then you get into that zone and really compete it. That had happened to me when I was in 14, 15. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, that's that's so funny you said i was just explaining to heath before we got on like i have this mm -hmm. young man he just learned 305 for the first time on one meter and, and we have a meet in a week and a half or maybe two weeks where like it's it's a legit competitor you know the rest of the meets he's probably gonna you know fare pro, fairly well in the high school world you know he he's a superstar you're right in the usa diving world he's okay He's fine, but we have one meet coming up in two weeks. And it's like, man, do we throw 305? That seems way too early. We need to get some reps off. I don't know. He doesn't even know how to do this dive yet. And so I'm battling in my head, like, what do we do? Cause obviously the DD is nice, but. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the first, first thing is get him in the zone, get him in his comfort zone and really just like have him treat it like every other dive, do jumping jacks before um before every dive Kimiko Soldati she I don't know if you remember that name it's Adam yep. Soldati's wife she went to yep. Olympics before she actually was the person that told me she's like Ford if you get really nervous and that heart is going I have a something called atrial fibrillation so my mm -hmm. heart beats in a different like in a rhythm that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. and um so when my heart goes fast it really feels funny and she's like try jumping jacks like do a heavy set of jumping jacks before each meet and it actually really helped me in competition um because it, it puts you in control of your heart rate. Like, you know, you're getting your heart rate up, you know, you're doing all this stuff. So, um, when, uh, whenever I was competing from then on, I did jumping jacks before every dive and it really helps. Yeah. Good call. Um, okay. So I was just paging through your Instagram today and it's like, you've been all over the world, which is so cool. Um, uh, what are some of your favorite spots, like both diving and non-diving related just across the world? I love this question. <laughs> um, so I actually, so right out of college, I moved to Rome. So I held all of my, um, Roman Florence, I held all of my electives to the end of, um, school. So I was able to finish my college in Italy actually. And I didn't really want to move home, but I had to, to graduate. But, um, so I ended up getting a job out there. And the second that I graduated from Texas A&M, I moved back to Italy and I was a bartender and a club promoter and, <laughs> Um, I just met American students and showed them where to go and acted as a tour guide. And with that, you know, the more students that you had, um, they would like pay for my travel, my apartments and everything. So it was a really sweet gig. That's sweet. Yeah. It, it, it did allow me to go to some pretty cool places as far as, um, 
as far as like best pools I've been to, um, the Bolzano pool in Italy is really nice. It's like tucked away in the mountains. The town is really tiny. It's got this cool old school wooden bridge where Grappa's from. Do you guys know what Grappa is? No. What is that? So it's like Italian, um, shots basically. They, so there's all the, uh, um, like all the grape skins are left over after they make wine. So they ferment the grape skins and make this liquor. And it's all based in the town of Bolzano. Um, and they have a Grand Prix there every year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's a really cool town. Yeah. Uh, and then favorite other place, Mallorca's pool is pretty awesome. And just Mallorca as a, as a place is awesome. I mean, there's not a better place to cliff dive. I, I think hanging out with Owen, I know he loves Mallorca too. <laughs> do you do some of that? Have you done a lot of cliff diving? Um, well, I hang out with the cliff divers. I'm a verified groupie. Um, <laughs> nice. I, uh, I get up there, man, and I'm on 27 meter and they're like, all right, today's the day. And I'm like, I just, I'm up the st- on the stairs still. And I'm like, today's not the day. Today's the day. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. I, love I, don't going up so. there. I love jumping off the rocks, but it's too high. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> with you there. Well, you, I mean, you segued us perfectly, you know, Owen kind of tipped Aaron off to get in touch with you and try to get you on here. You know, what is your relationship like with Owen? And then give us your best appropriate story of you and Owen together. Um, so Owen and I are best mates. Um, you know, he moved to the United States. He didn't know very many people. He moved right before COVID too. And I had just moved to Salt Lake City. Um, at the time I was working for this cool startup in Park City, Utah. And, um, so I think we were both kind of just like, all right, we're in a new place and we just kind of met and, um, friendship took off. And I mean, it's honestly, whenever we're together, it's just ultimate goonery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I guess my, um, my favorite thing about Owen is like, just like you guys, we can just totally geek out on diving. We can talk about diving for hours and that's, when you find a diving best friend that can just talk about diving with you, and that's pretty much all you talk about, send a million dives, send a million dives. <laughs> yep. The best. Um, yeah, so um, anyway, so they were actually moving out to Park City, too, at the end of that summer because um, Park City was the home of the 2002 Salt Lake Olympics, and Ellie was looking around. She's trying to build this tower, and um, the skiers practice into this pool. Um, the aerial skiers for the winter Olympics. And it has this awesome bubble system. Like it's, you know, every bubble system you've seen, it's like three times that in bubbles. Uh, and so I'm like, you know, I think, I think uh, divers could get some of that, you know, like, and they had this rock wall and the rock wall was coming down just for recreation use. Like people would climb up the rock wall, fall into the water, climb up the rock. And I'm like, that's a platform. So I brought Ellie and Owen out there and I was like, you guys need to see this. And we almost didn't actually end up going because um, it was the Super Bowl weekend. So we had a good time um, <laughs> for them to go back to Minnesota on a Sunday. It was time for me to get my, my Thai food, time for them to go back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, and they ended up um, like doing all the work, contacting all the engineers, contacting the state, contacting the city and figuring out how to put up the very first high diving tower. Um, and so they made the Utah, the America's first high diving tower. Yeah. So real question, who's a better ski jumper, you or Owen? Um, ski jumper. (laughs) I think I'm a better skier. 
and I think he's a better ski jumper. <laughs> I saw I saw a couple of videos a while back. He was trying those long jumps. I was like, man, that's very Owen. Not <laughs> the flying squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I went to one of his competitions in Minnesota. It was like you guys live in Minnesota. It's about as yeah. cool. Well, as I do. He lives yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Dude, I do actually want to tell you my favorite Owen story though. Yeah. So Owen and I were road tripping. Um, we had to get all of his stuff to go to Salt Lake City, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so LA's already in Salt Lake. She's handling the tower. She's handling me. She's handling people and making money. And she leaves Owen and I to pack up the apartment, which in itself was a, a feat. <laughs> <laughs> so we're packing up the apartment. We're actually packing up their dryland center too and like moving tra- trampolines across the city. That's, um, and we driving through South Dakota. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I didn't, but South Dakota is actually really pretty. And it has something called the Black Hills. And Owen really wanted to find this thing called the Hippie Hole. And um, the Hippie Hole is this like, just oasis of a, like in the middle of the woods, this place that you can jump off a cliff and and dive, right? And um, so Owen gets it on his phone, but there's no service. So we, he's like, we'll just wing it. I just know you walk down the creek and it's there. So we uh, we start, we go down the hill away from our car. There's nowhere in sight. We had asked for directions. We were pretty sure the people told us wrong on purpose. And so we go and we start walking down the street for, it ended up being like, we're walking for like two hours. And I'm like, Owen, oh, dude, we haven't found the hippie hole yet. What's going on? And he's like, looks around he's like yeah i don't i don't think this is right and i'm like all right let's head back so then we turn around we're walking up the creek and we don't know when to exit the creek you know like we don't know where we got on and so i had just finished watching like all of those like naked and afraid shows you know where like the (laughs) accents and he's like he's like as the sun sets the two look for shelter you know what i mean (laughs) in my head and so we're gallivanting around until sunset for like two hours and he's just happy as ever and i'm finding like dead animals on the ground i'm like we're gonna get eaten we're gonna be stuck. <laughs> we're never getting out of the black hills of south dakota oh <laughs> uh, he's a good guy did you ever find it no we never found the hippie hole but i think he went back a year later and ended up finding it without me <laughs> yeah no we didn't find it actually i was so mad i didn't talk to him for like 20 minutes <laughs> 20 minutes it's hard when you're in the car and exercise for 17 hours that uh, <laughs> sounds like heath and i if like we yeah. play each other in fantasy football it's like if either one of us wins it's it's 20 minutes that's can't talk yeah <laughs> you guys um, should have him on the show next who's we that love owen? owen we love owen oh yeah yeah owen's great owen's great i got a i got a beer with him uh i was down at the girls minnesota state meet and he was there and it was like, Hey man, let's just go hang out. And it was like you mentioned, you know, you find your other diving nerds and that's all you talk about. And, you know, I think we were at the bar for, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. I had a, yeah. I had to go to bed. It was a very, very long day for me. And he's like, all right, I'm going to stay and go talk to these other divers. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's everybody's best friend. Dude, he is right. like, I met him the first time, the first junior nationals I took a diver to and yeah, yeah, I was nice enough to invite me out for dinner and Owen's there. And like, I ended up hanging out. We ended up all hanging out until like three, 4 a.m. And Owen's like, yeah. just, I'll still talk diving. And I'm like, this, like, this is, this man is my spirit animal. Like, this is who I aspire to be. Yeah, he's like, a spirit animal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was a good guy too. 
Yeah. Yaya coached me at Florida State, actually. He was the assistant uh, coach. There. What? Small world. Yeah. We just had Yaya on a couple couple episodes ago. Small good, world. Good yeah, for sure. So as of now, what are you doing to, you know, coach or stay in the sport of diving? Like, where are you at with that right now? Honestly, by all means necessary right now. Like, I went to Senior Nationals. I took two divers there the other day. And I went back to the meet, and I was on the pool deck, and I just felt like I was absolutely home. I had missed diving so much more than I had thought. And there's like, I think a part of me was really kind of like almost like suppressing that feeling of like homesickness, you know? But when I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be back on the pool deck again. So I left senior nationals and I'm like, my kids are twice as motivated now. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I want to be motivated as a coach. I'm building a club team here in Kansas city. I, I just want to be a part of the program again. I emailed Leslie too. And I was like, Hey, is there anything like from a volunteering perspective that I can do yeah. um, to just get more involved with USA? Dating? Because I love it so much. You know, I asked Manny Pollard. Um, he's the, uh, I think he's the VP of, um, I don't know what he's the VP of, but I also asked him the same thing. You know, I was like, how can I get involved? Um, He's very involved and he's um, just very, very big in the, like. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no. Look at that. We, we just lost him. We lost him. Here we go. Right. see if I we can sh- get him back. Yeah, I feel sure he'll be right back on. Dude, that's he's, awesome. He's that hilarious. He, he's just like, yes. he's just like Owen. I mean, this is great. I just love the fact that he's like, I'm asking if I can volunteer. I'm like, all right, how do we get him to Olympic trials volunteering with us? He yeah, sounds like sure. someone that's that we asked to stay at the Airbnb with us. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. He'll, he'll be back um, on here. I bet shortly. Yeah. I must've hit a button wrong. I don't know. But um, what did you talk about in the meantime? Well, first off we have a few, I mean, we have a few people in the chat, but if they are not in the chat watching, if anybody wants to ask questions to Ford, let us know. How, dude, just recap. How crazy is it that he dove for one year and went to USA Nationals and got second? Yeah, yeah that's wild. That's that's crazy. And I mean, not so dissimilar trajectory of Bailey Cranford, but but that's what I was going to say. Did but- it on a on the senior level, right? Bailey yeah. has been crazy, crazy high trajectory on that junior level, and you know, yet to be that top two. Right. Yeah. It's senior level, like this, this is wild how quickly um, he was able to rise. It, it would be a, like, it's fascinating to me that he's able to get where he did in such a short amount of time. But there had to be more to it than just he was strong. There had to be like, there had to be a different level of motivation in his brain for pushing and getting there. And like, he had to spend so much time in the pool. And if he wasn't in the pool all the time, that's even more fascinating. Just well, insane. And, and I was texting him earlier in the day just to kind mm-hmm. of um, get some primer questions. Excuse me. Um, and he was saying that Sean McCarthy was one of his coaches uh, growing oh, that, up. That helps. And so <laughs> if, if that answers your question, right, you have somebody super strong who naturally grew up in a go. gymnastics gym. And then you He's throw Sean back McCarthy's technique. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how you do it. Just right? insane. I think he's back here with us, connecting to audio. Let's see. Oh, you there, Ford? He's back. There he is. There he is. I'm sorry that happened. No, <laughs> it's okay, okay, man. We, 
It gave us a chance to talk some smack. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually told Aaron, I said, I, I literally go, Aaron, I'm so pumped. He said he wants to volunteer at stuff. Hopefully that means we'll see him at Olympic trials volunteering with us. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> awesome. But so, so you were just saying you were asking Manny to volunteer in any capacity and then you cut out. So go ahead. Continue on, sir. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he does all he can um, to be active in the sport and bring minorities to like the forefront of what everything, you know, there's a huge minority presence in USA diving. And that is like really near and dear to my heart for me. Um, I myself came out not long ago. So I just think that diving is just a really, really inclusive sport. And I'd love yeah. to get back to the sport that, that gave me a home. It, you know, it gave me a center when I wasn't centered. And mm. um, so with that, I just hope that, hope that I could give back to USA diving. Yeah. I, I think they're going to jump at the opportunity to have you help. It seems like every time we volunteer and say like, Hey, we're, we're coming no matter what yeah. we're going to be at the meet. Do you want help? They're like, yeah, we don't know what we need you for, but we'll find a need for you. And yeah. here we go, Aaron, I get to commentate with Ford. That's what we got to pitch him on, on the live it, stream. It'd be so much fun. That would Listen, be so blessed. It would be a lot better than some of the commentating they had this last round. Oh man. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I do have to give a shout out to my boy Bryden. They just pulled up to Bryden Hattie and said, "Hey, will you do this?" Wait, they did. Oh, okay, okay. And, I'll, and I'll give him some slack there. I'll give him some like, slack. He was like me, and he's like, "Period." <laughs> I love it. We're, we heard that a lot on the broadcast. There was a lot of there was a lot of period and a lot of slays. It was that's the word hot. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah you know so, they just were like hey you're gonna do it he's not even from the united states I yeah know. i know that's that's hilarious that's what i thought was crazy i was like wow they're having a, a canadian do our national meet this is great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what is uh what's your club team called like walk us through when did you start the club team where are you at in the progression yeah. of the club um so the club team is called the kc dive lab right now it's a predominantly dry land club like i said there's very very little diving infrastructure in kansas city mm -hmm. uh so I've actually partnered with Sean McCarthy and IISD. Um, yeah, um, they just have so many resources that I don't have. And mm. um, I want this to be a lasting club team in Kansas City, because when I was growing up, I had to drive to Columbia, Missouri, which is two hours away. Yeah. I had to drive to KU, University of Kansas for 50 minutes away. You know, that was how, how I got it done. And there was nothing in town that was worth a damn. So I... Uh, I've been working on getting a pool um, and in those months, these kids have either their parents have purchased pool time for them to train, which is where I was able to get some kids to senior nationals um, or, you know, they're just doing dry land and learning drills with me, which, you know, six months of dry land, in my opinion, for kids that are just starting in a club team, I'm cool with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, they, need it. they need it. It needs um, dry land is in my opinion, like the most important part of diving. You know, entries are obviously very important too, but mm -hmm. they need to start in dryland. Yeah, so absolutely. I've been loving the journey though. Like I didn't realize I like how much I loved hanging out with kids and how much of a kid I was. Um, Do they keep you young? That's for sure. They they ask me on a daily basis. Like the other day I said, bet. They're like, hey. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, bet. And they're like, did you just learn that word? I'm like, I've been saying <laughs> before you were born, boy. <laughs> That's awesome. My favorite is like, I, I, and we have said this before on the podcast. I purposefully will act old to my divers just to see how they react. Like, like the one day I'm like, Oh, how's, how does, what's new on the Twitter's world? And they're like, what? 
probably like the Instagrams and they're like, dude, you're old. And I'm like, I know it's not called that. I just like seeing you guys laugh. Like, like yeah, um, that's awesome. So Ford, what advice would you give to a young diver? You know, you're going through the process, you're working with them now. What advice would you give to a young listener? Um, I wrote this one down. I said to be coached by as many people as possible. Yeah. Like, Get exposure to as many different coaches as you possibly can and dive everywhere. Um, I just am a huge believer that because of who I was coached by and the amount of people that I put myself in front of, that it really helped me become a solid diver. You know, I got so many different opinions and so many different ways of doing things. And by diving everywhere, you know, you see different people, you see different styles and, and then more importantly, to enjoy that journey, you know, like we have destinations in mind, you know, Everybody wants to go to the Olympics, but you appreciate all the stepping stones along the way to getting there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So you mentioned you kind of partnered with IISD and Sean McCarthy. Again, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about Sean. You had mentioned to me privately that he coached you a little bit, right? Yep, yep. So, like I said, back to Kansas City, not having much diving. Um, so in the summer times. Um, it was just, you know, like, where could I go where people were going to dive? So I wanted to be around the best. And so the best was happened to be in Indianapolis, you know, stars was training alongside. Mm-hmm. It was called stars at that time. Stars mm-hmm. Dive Club. Um, they were training just alongside of um, the national training center. And mm-hmm. so um, I knew Sean was the true machine of everything out there. Um, so like I got the opportunity to train at both places and I just, I really wanted Sean to coach me. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen who his divers are. I'd seen, you know, him develop Amy Kozad and, you know, Sarah Bacon, like they were all Sean's divers and I wanted to be a part of, a part of that. Yeah. For sure. Summer's out there in Indy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still doing his thing. I mean, you, you see Josh Hedberg now he's, he's the best we got. I mean, if, if you ask me, it's unbelievable takes a different kind of mindset to be that poised at that age. Yeah. You know, like he has some serious composure and it's only going to get stronger. That's somebody you want representing your team internationally. Yep. Um, There's a lot of fun people in the world. There's a lot of, um, and a lot of great divers, but to have that kind of, um, like I said, poise about you at 14, sky's the limit. Yeah. It's been really cool to see his list develop, you know, it wasn't long ago he didn't have 207B. He didn't have back two and a half, two and a half. He didn't have 109. Right. And now we're seeing all of them. And every time he does it, it's like, okay, is he going to rip it? Or is it going to be straight up and down with just a little splash? Like he doesn't seem at this point to be missing big anymore. And it's and they're big dives. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to Sean's coaching too, because Sean and I were actually talking to him or about him the other day. And Sean was like, you know, I feel like, I was this kid. Like he and him have such a special coaching people relationship. Sean says he can like predict what he's going to do before it happens. And he can get in his head and he can prep him and put him in the zone that he wants him in. It's like a true testament to Sean's training program. How do you think that's going to fare in a couple of years when, you know, they are no longer, you know, one in one it's, it's, you know, Josh, we've heard is moving on to IU uh, eventually in the upcoming years. And, you know, obviously Sean isn't going to be there. You know, he's, he's, he's close, but what do you think that's going to be like? I think that when you are a part of, like when you're the star of a club team, it like he's been, he's been the star of that club team for years now, you know, and he's been 
the number one guy at ISD. He's been Sean's go-to, but I think there comes a time when you're a diver to where you realize, okay, like I have been coached by this person for so long. It's why mm -hmm. I said, Hey, go be coached by as many people as possible. I think a, it's a healthy decision and B he's going to be around people that are going to elevate him. Yeah. So, um, like when I was going to AM, I remember leaving Florida state and being like, I am going to an international team. I want to be exposed by as many different types of divers that are better than me in different ways um, so that I can grow and be the best diver possible. And I think that IU has just the right amount of people for Josh Hedberg to be exposed um, from a men and women's side that will hold Josh yeah. accountable and help him keep training. And I think Josh seems like he has a really, really steady head on his shoulder. It doesn't seem like he's going to waver. You know, he's not yeah. going to pull yeah. at Florida State. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. So Ford, I just put on here, what is something you're passionate about, whether it's in the sport of diving, like you like arm stand twisters or something completely different, like bowling, like what is something that gets you excited? Um, you know, I think so traveling and learning new languages gets me really excited. I think communication with people is like such a cool and unique thing. And like when you're learning those languages, it honestly becomes like an art. Like he, I learned by trial and error. I learned Italian because I, not because I was sitting there learning the grammar, but because I was sitting there being like, can you teach me how to say these things, you know, and just really openly opening the gates of communication, being vulnerable and just really putting yourself out there and making friends. And so I'm, I'm super, and that that's traveling in itself, you know, going to a new yeah. place and not knowing what's going on and just putting yourself in different cultures. I, I think there's nothing cooler. Yep. Yeah. Good calls. All right. Uh, some people don't like answering this one. If you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. Who is your top ranked diver in the U.S.? You can take that however you wish. I actually wrote this one down because I got a nice. few. Nice. Nice. Okay. He's going to rank them. I like I it. like this one. I like this one. Okay. Um. All right. So people that I think are – I don't know where it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, nice and organized uh so i think that the person to look at the people to look out for are these two kids from Pitt. i think this boy named cameron cash and this kid named dylan reed are coming up dude i think that um so a i watched cameron dive on tower i think he got ripped off at senior nationals and i was you know i mean the judging that's for a whole nother topic in probably five minutes here, but um, they are not, I noticed about their social media. These kids are not afraid to say, Hey, I'm going to go to the Olympics. That's my goal. And I think that's super cool because people are really yeah. scared to use those words, but yeah. I think it's the people that put it out there. Um, they put it out there. They state their goal. Those are the people you need to watch out for. Cause those are the people that are going to peak at the right time. And the yeah. second that Dylan gets a little bit more DD under his belt on three meter, you got to watch out. He has maybe the prettiest reverse three and a half twister in the world. And then Cameron Cash, as far as tower goes, you just, you just got to watch out. Um, then we have Hedberg up there for sure. Mm -hmm. um, favorite to watch is Tyler Downs, but putting my money on Capobianco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love to watch Downs dive. Money's going on to Andrew. Um, and then... For women, where did I write that? 
<laughs> I think it's really yeah. funny you mentioned Dylan and Cameron because Dylan's probably one of our absolute best friends. And yeah. I, I truly like, okay. I even think, I think he would agree with you. Like, I didn't see that name coming. And the fact that you mentioned it, like, kind of doubles down on what we've been seeing because he's been pushing some of those bigger dives. He did learn 307. Mm-hmm. He did learn 109. He's been doing, he learned 5156. He, he's learned all of those. They're just new for yeah. him. And at some point, I totally agree with you. Like, he's got a very flat rip. When he can put his hands on a dive, it's like, okay, dude. So, I mean, it's really hard to hit all six dives. We all know that as divers. Yeah. But you put that butt out there, like, if it happens, like, it would not be a surprise to me Yeah. that Dylan would be one of those names we're talking about in that same sentence as Tyler and Andrew and Quinn and, you know. I want, I want it for that kid because of how vocal he is about his goals. I think that that is super cool. Yeah. I'm huge on goal setting. I write down every yep. goal, smart method. Um, and I just, I want it for, I want it for them. And I think it's so cool that Pitt, I don't like, I've been out of the scene for a while, but I don't remember Pitt, like Julian Krug, of course, but I don't yep. remember them having this like substantial, like, air about them but these kids have really put a name on the map for for them what's what is going on over there Pitt? well kate so so julian retired he retired actually i i could get this wrong he retired right after he had a national champion at the ncaa level john dom giordano um he won nationals julian retired katie took over katie was working with drew and nunzio down at duke diving club and katie is just katie's awesome we've interviewed katie she is incredible She's an awesome freaking coach. She's an awesome recruiter. And she's just, she just relates to the kids. Like she talked about it a lot, Aaron, like what is like coaching with love. She's like, yep. We talk about like where you're going to be five, six, seven years from now, not just like right here and now. And that's been like such a great thing to hear. And I, I think that she just meets them where they're at. I think she does a good job. Like, I think she has kids on her team that are like your Dylan and Cameron's that really want to push. And they have some younger kids too, that are just as good like daily daily Frazier yep. from she he dove with cliff up at upstate new york like she's got a crew and it's just fun to see what they're doing there there's and it's just it's it's fun seeing dylan like you said it like goal setting and putting the goal out there like we talk about it with our college team here of like if you're scared to even say what your goal is how are you ever going to achieve that goal like you have to put it out there like a- aim and miss but if you don't aim at all it doesn't matter like really? So yeah, that's, that's a the, good, good notice. The other thing about Katie too, that I'll just give her even more praise for is like, she's willing to take a chance on some of these kids that don't necessarily come out of juniors, like polished, mm-hmm. like, you know, Dylan in his junior scene, you know, we've, we've come to know him well enough where he, he wasn't like going to Purdue. He wasn't going to, IU. you know, he wasn't part of that, you know, elite level diving immediately, but now look at him. I mean, we're, we're talking about him in the same vein as some of these elite level divers. And, you know, Katie took a chance on a kid that just needed a little love and here we are and he's got it and he's in the right place. He's doing the right things. And like all of us are freaking excited for Dylan. Yeah. We're rooting for him. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. That's nice to know. I wish I would have introduced myself to her. Yeah, she's legit. Okay, um, next one I have on here is just definitely out there. You've done a, a back four and a half twister. That's so so what, like, That's I so want to hear about some of the crazy dives you've thrown and specifically that one. Like, where did, where do you even have the inspiration to try that? 
Um, the inspiration was with Patrick. Patrick had the inspiration. He just <laughs> um, well, so we were getting ready for Olympic trials, right? And I had just a normal 10 meter list, um, just your regular everyday three and a half tuck lift. Um, but Pat was like, you're not going to make the Olympics without these hard dives. So we're like two, maybe a month ahead of the Olympic trials. <laughs> and um, where he's like, all right, it's time to learn some dives. So in a matter of three days, I was to learn back three and a half pike, arm stand two and a half twist, back four and a half twister, front four and a half. That was going to be my week. And that week stopped. <laughs> so I um, I went up there and I prepped it for probably three days, back flip, four and a half twist. Um, and I was doing it. You know, it, it wasn't so hard of a lead up, um, but to really dive it in right it just kind of flat and stopped you know um to really dive in a four and a half twist it's gonna take you a lot of time it's not just like go up there do back three and a half twist and you're just gonna it's gonna take you some time and you're gonna get lost a lot <laughs> um, so i think i made three and i got lost in two um and then we never did them again luckily we had bubbles um and then on to AM I went um and jay got excited too one day and he wanted me to do 53 55s so did a couple 53 55s reverse two and a half two and a half wow and 307 b's those were my big dives holy crap you were strong yeah um i, I could jump Dang. i could jump um i man it's it's those things that i miss about diving those it's or it's those days that like that's what you tell to the young people. It's like, yo, if your coach asks you to do the hard dive, take some pride in it. Cause I am kicking mm -hmm. myself right now, watching kids do triple out being like, I could have done triple out. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> <All right. laughs> I see these kids and I'm like, I still, to this day, I, I like am tempted to get in. I'm, I'm looking at this Olympic trials email last chance before Olympic trials, which by the way, they're going to have to lower the DD if the judging is going to be that hard at the <laughs> at senior nationals, they're going to have to lower that standard. But it's that message to the kids that you want to give. Just keep doing the hard dives. Keep pushing yourself to that next yeah. level. You don't want to. You don't want to hold yourself back. Like I'm kicking myself because everybody else in the world did front two and a half two twists. I did it average, but I know I could do above average 51, 56. Yeah. All right. So here's a real question, and I could be off on my timeline. So you dove in the SEC at Texas A&M. Yep. Did you dive against Aaron Fleshner Fletchner at mm -hmm. Alabama? No, um, Aaron was out before I was there. Uh, I was going to say those dual meets would have been insane to just watch you two psychos just say, who can do the biggest dive today? I did dive against Aaron, though, like as a high schooler. Um, okay. So right. I do love Aaron Fleshner. It's funny. I was talking about him with Owen yesterday. We were doing a deep dive into his stuff. Um, that guy had the best back two and a half pike on one meter. <laughs> he really did. Insane. Insane. He's a those fun dive. Yeah. though like I, you were in that crew then of just like you aaron that would have been like uh, right about the time with zach and ease and i'm just doing insane stuff and it's like i don't think you guys get the shine you should because people start throwing hard lists now and it's like oh they're the first one ever to do this and it's like mm. well zach knees did 307 on one meter a long long time ago it's like, it's like it wasn't that good but he did it like yeah. that's all that's killer Absolutely. Yeah, no, Aaron Fleshner is one of the greats for sure. 
Caldwell was great too. Like yep. we, we went to the Olympics, but his one meter list was damn impressive too. Yeah, it was. All right. So what did you study when you were at Texas A&M? Uh, I studied econ. Very cool. Very cool. My, did you, did you prefer micro or macro? Um, Macro. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's, that's like the most boring subject for me, man. <laughs> It was more socioeconomic. <laughs> so like, I liked learning about the sociology behind like how businesses were started, like where and when you, um, like where you put a restaurant, what the psychology behind that is and what the drive is, you know, like why Starbucks is on 52nd, not 53rd, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, I, I get that. So I kind of want to go in on the weeds a little bit here with the judging. We mentioned it a couple of mm-hmm. times um, at Senior Nationals. We, Heath and I, recognized that it was low. Um, and then I was expecting it to change a little, maybe more than it did, right? The qualifier is low and we know the qualifier is always going to be low. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the prelims were still pretty dang low. Then yeah. the semifinals, there wasn't quite that bump that we're used to seeing. And then the finals, it was like, you know, it seemed like everybody got so frustrated that even if they hit a dive, it was like, all right, the best I'm ever going to get at this meet is an eight. Mm-hmm. So like, what was you were there you were on the grounds what was the vibe like what did you notice and what do we need to change yeah so um so i noticed that i mean obviously the dives were the dives were scored super low quality actually wasn't necessarily there either you know what i mean like this is one of the meets of usa diving um and I don't know if it was because everyone had turkey belly from two days before being. <laughs> I was starting to ask, hey, are they diving in the morning? Like, because that's that those are morning scores. Like you have a prelim in the morning, you're not going above 400, you know, um, lucky, lucky few will. But, um, you know, I heard that or I noted I Aaron Flesh or Aaron Ashworth. He's a really good friend of mine. He was a legend back in the day. He's one of the judges. And I was like, Aaron, what's going on? They actually brought in a FINA judge to judge our judges. Did I you- wondered about that. So they're getting critiqued. And like, mind you, these people, I think they volunteer. Do they volunteer? Do judges volunteer their time? I don't think so. I think they get paid to be there or whatever. Regardless, they're getting, they're going right. to lose their job if they judge too high. So they're all worried about that. So no one is getting nines when deserved. You know, like a 10, I was always taught you know a 10 is a feeling you know 10s when you get the chill Uh, that's a good i like that that's a great i I like that a lot yeah and now it's beyond that like you have to be a machine or you have to be you know it has to look so calculated and it's beyond the feeling it's an 11 or 12 and that's that's rough i i like having my judges or my cut my coaches being my judge and i like Mm -hmm. That when I think a dive is a 10, because it makes me feel good and special in that moment that I'm going to give it a 10. So I hope that we wind it back. And if we do keep judging like that, then we definitely need to make an adjustment on the Olympic trials cuts because four people probably qualified this meet for Olympic trials. Yeah. And that's yeah. is not far away. I actually think we said that for, it was either prelims or semis. I think I texted Aaron and I said, well, of our best people in America for men's three meter, only five got the score that would have qualified them into this meet, that yeah. 360 score or something. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a low number. And yeah, it's like, so does does that tell us the score isn't where it should be, the judges were aren't where it should be, or the divers aren't where they should be? And so it's like yeah. probably a 
a mix of everything a little bit, but I thought that was very telling that even our best divers weren't getting that score. So to me, and, and everybody had told us that the judging was rough. Yeah. Sean had, Sean had said that um, these kids are going to international competitions and they're getting six and a half when they're used to getting eights. And yep. instead of being able to rise above that and rise to the moment, these kids are being depleted and the yep. meat person they're imploding. And so by having these scores be a little bit more realistic and indicative of what international judges are looking for, we're setting them up for greater success and for them to get used to it. Well, so and, when- and to that point, that that is actually where my brain went. It's almost playing devil's advocate for you know those that are complaining about low scoring. It was like, okay, these judges are being judged as if it were already an international competition. So the judges, they are constantly being watched. And if they throw that 10 or they throw that nine on a dive that maybe not, it, it may not get that score at the Olympics. Like those FINA or the world aquatics people, they're going to make note of that. And they might like lose out on their opportunity to judge at one of those international meets. And, you know, I, I understand um, being in the chair. I've been on, I've been a judge at, I mean, tons of different meets and I understand there's always people looking at you, but at the same time, you know, I wonder if they had in their head, I'm judging at the Olympics right now. And if we look at it from that lens, the scoring to me actually makes a little bit more sense because you look at the United States at the Olympics and eights is where we're at right now. And it's really unfortunate and it sucks to even say it out loud. I wish we were at, you know, the tens and, and I do think there are divers that are capable of getting tens. Um, but that's kind of that perspective that I thought about when we were looking at these super, super low scores. It's like, man, our country just isn't quite, there and this seems to be i mean it might have been an overreaction low but at the same time it was kind of where we've always been when we go to these international meets yeah you know and that it's it's okay that we're at we're at eight it's okay that we're there we our olympic team is relatively young like our team is i mean we have our vets and they're great they're all medalists but you know we move them aside a little bit we like the majority of people is they're young to the they're young to the program and we can develop greatness and it's going to go like that you know we had an awesome like two two we've had an awesome three olympics in a row where we got medals and we broke a drought you have mm-hmm. to realize that diving it goes like that so yeah important to know like these people are going to be diving for a long time yeah and, and I think Sean is spot on. We talk about it. I mean, it's not nearly that level. And I talked to Aaron about it. Like we hit this point in our college season where I just look at the kids and I go, my score is what they're going to score you at nationals. That's the only score that matters. I don't care what the other judge scores you. And, and a lot of times I, it sounds bad. I end up scoring like half a point lower than I think it will be. So when we go to nationals, they do a dive that I would have given a five and a half halfway yeah. through the season and they get a six or a six and a half. They're like, I'm doing better than coach said I was doing. And just mentally, it's it really is a game changer versus you can look at D2 diving, look at the teams that you see you think score high, they go to the national meet, they get scored where they're supposed to. And you, Sean said it best, they implode. Yeah. And it it's a thing. Like, no, if coaches don't agree with that, I think if Sean McCarthy is saying it, it's correct. Yeah. That man is Dude, a genius. I, and I, I do that exact same thing uh, with my high mm-hmm. school teams. Like, and, and they all buy in too. I was yep. talking to somebody the other day. 
it's like, Hey, how come your guys do so well at state? I'm like, well, they're, they're used to getting four and a halfs from me. Yeah. So then they get a, they get a five and a half, six, and they're excited down there. Whereas, you know, this whole do meet season, especially for high school. I mean, we all know the high school judging is it's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, but you know, you see some of these kids that are going 300 or they're going 280 in a dual meet, and then you get it to the state meet and they're going, you know, not even 300 for 11 or somewhere around there. It's like, clearly the problem isn't um it's not the 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 judging at the highest level it's the judging at the lower levels where you're pumping them up maybe more than you should be totally and i think just another point to touch on that you mentioned for it is like if we do get judged where we're actually at at these meets it now gives us a very clear representation of where we're going to become those international meets and it's again you can't you can't fix a problem unless you identify a problem and admit there's a problem. And eights is not a problem at all. Right. But if we want to take the next step to be nines, tens, we have to know we're actually at eights and we can't be getting nines and tens at meets. It's like, we're doing awesome. Then we go and we get sevens, eights. And it's like, what the heck? So I think there's a lot to be said for getting judged that way. While the athletes might not be happy. Coaches might think it's tough, but as long as it's consistent there, if the meet is inconsistent, then I would struggle with that as a coach, an athlete, but it, I think you're, you're definitely onto something there. What were some of your other takeaways from uh, winter nationals this past couple of weeks? Um, um, other takeaways. I think that having a wall on the one meter and three meter springboard makes people really nervous. I think that people, I, I like the amount of chaos that it felt like in that senior nationals. I wasn't even diving. Um, but I just noticed people not being able to do their dives. It was just a pretty wild, um, like chaotic feeling dive meet compared to normal. Um, I think that we should do more outside diving. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think that we should bring, I mean, actually, you know what? Outside diving is great. Um, but inside diving just happens more. So maybe we do keep it inside, but it just felt very chaotic and very crowded compared to normal. Okay. And that's the problem mm. senior nationals itself um like i said it was just it felt like being home a senior that's cool really knew that i needed to be back on the diving well on the diving well or in the diving well and so i uh i'm actually looking for now like in addition to what i do recruiting i would really like to put myself out there and put myself in the market for a university job nice that's awesome yeah d1 team i uh i currently coach a small d2 school but I'm just a little bit more used to a little bit. Oh, more wait, stuff. what school? It's called Rockhurst. Um, oh. it's, it's a school in Kansas City. Are you going to be at na- Nationals this year? Fingers oh. crossed. Let's go, dude. I will be so pumped if you're at Nationals. And Aaron is going to be so sad because he can't go this year. <laughs> um, oh. I'm ex- I think I'll be there for the qualifier. I think cool. that's how it works, right? You go yeah. To yeah. So yeah, I do the mud. girl that is qualified. They never come to practice, so we'll see. We'll see. Nice, awesome. Yeah. That's gonna be, dude. That's gonna be so funny because, like, I mean, you know what it's like on a pool deck. Like, for me and Aaron, we don't. I don't think we really do this because Aaron and I just always assume we're the worst diver on the pool deck. But yeah. it's gonna be so funny because everyone's gonna be like, "Who the heck's this guy?" And I'll be like, "He would kick <laughs> all of our asses." So no one talks shit. <laughs> like, I love that's. It that's the best diver here, including the kids that are on the boards. That's awesome. Well, that will give me something to look forward to come March. That's killer. Awesome. That sounds fun. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I coaching. It's made me like this D two school has made me realize, hey, I really want to take this more seriously. You know? Yeah. Just myself and go into the next level. So I, cool. I definitely am going to be jealous because D two nationals. That's kind of the one panel that I'm usually on. That's like mm. that higher level. Mm. Um, it's tough to be on a D one panel, as you guys all know. Like, yeah. and once you are there, you're just so much more heavily scrutinized. Not that Division two nationals isn't. I mean, we still have a job to do. We still have to do what we're there to do but the whole vibe of division two it, it just seems a little bit less cutthroat uh than division one at least at the national level i mean yeah. Where are you going what's that Where are you going why aren't i he's too cool no that's not true <laughs> okay so i'm gonna go into oh, it a little bit so i coach high school i coach both girls and boys and it's a, it's a six month season between the two of them and i also have a day job which i leave at three o'clock every day and it's there's just too much going on for me to continue to do other things within the sport of diving to be missing work as much as I already am. So we're, you know, we're going to Olympic trials, which is probably 10 days off of work. Plus I did the math on it and this is so bad. I shouldn't have done the math, but each season that I coach, so the three months for girls and then three months for boys, it's 27 full work days that I'm gone for each season. So that's, 54 work days I'm I'm gone for six months essentially and then plus trials it's just one of those things it's like man you can't do it all um but that being said I did make the uh decision that the most recent girl season that I did have was my last um so that I can continue to do more of these other things and say yes to more of the division two nationals men's d1 I'd love to go to the women's d1 meet Mm -hmm. like we haven't gone to that one yeah I mean that would be super fun. So I, I've been making some personal moves to be able to go to more of those events and do both spring USAs and winter USAs. And I mean, I would love to see a junior national meet, but at this point we're still in that phase of like, man, you're gone too much as it is. We need to make some priority decisions here. And that's truly all it is. Yeah. Well, I hope to be at some of the meets you're at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. My last one before our signature question, what do you want to be known for, Ford? Um, I think I would like to be known as, I hope this isn't too cliche, but I hope to be known as like a role model for being someone that is just like exactly who they are, unapologetic yeah. self. You know, I hope that like if kids ever feel like they're struggling or don't fit in, that they could kind of look to me and be like, wow, he is exactly who he wants to be. <laughs> um, and he, you know, like everybody, there's room for everybody like that. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I hope that like, no matter what someone is struggling with as they grow up, that they can always know, like lean on, you know, they could lean on me if they would like to, but that they feel confident and they grow in confidence. Cause cool. that's the thing ever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right, we're going to get into our signature questions. We can just kind of rapid fire these, you know, feel free to go into detail if you'd like, but, um, we don't treat failure. Like it's a bad thing. We treat failure, like an opportunity for growth. So from that perspective, what would you say your favorite failure has been? Um, my favorite failure was, was probably Florida state. You know, I, I looked up to Patrick more than I looked up to probably any coach. And to this day, you know, if I haven't talked to Patrick in a while, I will still be like, you know, I am so sorry that that happened and that I'm no longer, I was no longer on your team, but I grew so much from that experience. And like, I got to go to a even better school and I got to 
be coached by great people, you know, from every failure, there's a positive. And I really yeah. took in with it and I became a much better diver. Um, yeah. because, uh, I was coached by Wendy and Jay and they just really took me under their arms. And, you know, there was like a year there where it was just kind of like the year after, you know, but then it was just, you know, I, the ultimate goal here for me is to love and serve the Lord, be with him in heaven, be the best person I could be. And, um, just grow and take every, like you said, take every failure and turn it into a positive. So I'd yep. say that experience was definitely the one for me. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what kind of stories we're looking for and hoping for. So next one here, what are you doing to improve? There's always room for improvement, whether it's coaching or personally, like what are you doing to improve? Yeah, I'm huge on self-help books. Um, I just anything, really anything self-help, like whether that be, um, Napoleon Hill, um, think and grow rich, whether that be watching something that motivates you on YouTube, you know, that's, that's kind of what clogs my, my feed. Um, so on a regular basis, I'm always just trying to take that next step. You know, I try and be 1% better than the day before always. And, uh, you know, like if you don't want to get out of bed to go to the gym, you do it. Um, make your small tasks, make your bed on a daily yeah. basis. You definitely sleep. read that book then, right? Make Starts your bed. Down. Dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. It's like the easiest self-help book to ever read. It's literally like a hundred pages and it's just like boom, 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 boom. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm with so, you. That that's kind of how I operate. Cool. And <clears throat> sorry. Uh what is your why with diving? My why with diving. Um well, I'd say my why is um, making my dad really proud and making my coaches really proud. And then ultimately I'm proud because of that. A lot of people have, I, I've gotten a lot of scrutiny for when people ask me my why, and I say it's another person. Um, but there's something about making my coach proud of me that just drives me, gets me out of bed and makes me want to perform better. If I have, if Sean's coaching me at a meet and he's put time and effort into developing yeah. me as, and I'm up on 10 meter, it's him that I'm doing that for because he has tried to make me right here in this moment, right now, calm, cool, collected, ready to compete. And I swear to God, that is how I can get in the zone. That is how I will get a 10. <laughs> I think so, about another person. So goofy, goofy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Ford. No, no worries. I just said, I, I think about the other person that's put all this effort into me, whether that be my family, whether that be my coach. And I go up there and I do that dive and perform for them. So just a little aside is when you talk about, you know, your why to, to make your coach proud, to make your family proud, when you sit down and, and think about that and you, you take a moment to make them proud, is that based on the outcome that takes place or the performance that takes place? If that makes sense. Like if you go to SECs and you get last, but your coach is like, Hey, I'm proud of you. You threw down a list and Hey, you just got last. Like, how does that pro like how do you make that person proud and what brings you that joy if that if that makes yeah. sense i hope that makes yeah, sense it definitely makes sense and i i think i think yeah they're always going to say hey i'm proud of you no matter what <laughs> but i think i am like no 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 that's not good enough <laughs> i want a 9 so here's <laughs> nine. <laughs> no nice. i mean i mean i like that i mean that is how my mind works but um, I think that I'm very grateful for all of the hard work that I put in. And I think like with that gratitude and between that hard work, gratitude, um, that you're gonna like, as long as I'm diving my best, yeah. um, like 
that's going to make anybody proud. So yeah. it's, about, it's about my personal best. So yeah. if I was the worst diver in the SEC, but it was a good day for me, I'm pumped. Yeah, that that's what I was trying to coax out. I kind of assumed that that was the that was the answer you would give, and I think it's important for young athletes to hear that it's it it's okay to want the nine or want the ten. Yeah, but it's also like that person's not going to be disappointed with you if you don't win. And I think that's that's what I kind of figured you would say, and I thought that's important for our listeners to hear. Totally. Yeah. No. It's a. Uh, it's like a beautiful thing to have so many people. Like they say, it takes a village, right? Like, yeah. Uh, there's so many people part of the process that I'm just so grateful for that cared about me and that led me to water. And it's just time to drink. <laughs> Love it. Yep. So I have two more. What is your spirit animal? That's the first one. Sea lion. A lion. Sea lion. <laughs> All right. I thought it for sure was going to be Owen, but that's uh, right. That's we'll <laughs> Okay, second spirit animal, sea lion. <laughs> sea lion. <laughs> and then, okay, where did the name Ford come from? I've never heard anybody named Ford, and it's kind of dope. Yeah, thanks. Um, so there was a lady in my family named Kitty Ford, and she had a ton of funny stories that my family loved. And then on my mom's side, someone's last name was Ford, also. Um, and I'm the fourth. I'm George Joseph McClaney the fourth, and so. Ford just kind of was the natural thing. They liked the name and that was going to be my name. That's perfect. All right. Killer. All right. Favorite drill to do with your athletes currently. Um, one and a half on three meters. Love straight. it. Love it. Yep. Yep. My, see, our listeners know this by now. Uh, my athletes always have to do whatever people's favorite drill is. So my athletes are okay with that one. Cause they all, they're all pretty comfortable with that one. Now oh, they were a lot of they, people are not into that. <laughs> They were not originally. And I said, well, too bad. This is what we're doing. So yeah, I love they, that. They, That's awesome. Yep. All this right. Best thing is so cool, you guys. I'm happy you do it. It's about time. It, it's been it's really fun. fun. Aaron and I kind of had this moment. We honestly, we have this moment like every week, like what the heck, how do we get to talk to these people? Like, how can we text these people and ask these questions? Like what's going on, but it's, it's an awesome thing. And, and we're just happy yeah. we can be a resource for the community. Well, and it helps our athletes too. I mentioned that young man that just learned 305. When he was doing 304s two weeks ago, I'm texting, you know, Heath and a bunch of other coaches we met from the podcast, like, hey, where are we at here? Like, what can I tell him? Because it was slow. It wasn't quite moving in the right direction. And with all of those different, you know, people chiming in, I would send screenshots of, you know, these people who are texting me and my athlete responds back. He's like, man, I feel like I have like 10 different coaches all coming at me right Mm -hmm. now. And I'm like, that's what we need. That's what you want. That's the whole goal. Yeah, absolutely. I do the same thing with my athletes too. They are annoyed by me, but I'm always like, here's a screenshot. Look what San Jose said to you, you know, Mark. It's It's so underrated. Like just the ability to, like I was just, we were at our mid season meet at Akron and one of our females used to dive for uh, this young, this coach that now coached at Ohio state. And he came to the meet and I said, Hey, I'm perfectly cool with it. I said, Ben, do you want to coach Colleen at this meet? I said, I'm cool with it. Like, she'll be so excited. She was your diver. And it's like, dude, just hearing different voices. Like you said, get coached by as many people different way. It, it makes, I don't care how you get it, who teaches it to you. All that matters is that you get it. Yeah. So, so, all right. Best advice given and or received. Um, best advice given and or received dive by as many coaches as possible. Get coached by as many people as you can. Love it. All right. Who would you like to hear us interview next? Um, 
let's who should you interview next well um girl or boy you guys pick you pick all right you can uh, give us one of each if you want well cool. i'd say you guys should move into the cliff diving scene those people are good people and they have some cool stories mm-hmm. we, we, we have the we best stories to, we gotta be they honest the man, best it's, stories it's been tricky to to move into that realm like um i know nate jimerson uh he was a diver at my alma mater so we we had that connection we had him on we had owen on but other than that like we i've been i've been really trying to reach out to molly i think molly has a phenomenal story and i think she's a a great human being at least based on everything that i've seen and everything that i've heard from everybody i mean she would be a 10 out of 10 home run i mean yes we would love that yeah and you know who's another who's got probably a pretty cool story right now kyle mitrione you should uh you should have you heard of Kyle? I have not. Kyle actually was a cliff diver. He got hurt at the O show this year and he had a spinal cord injury. Oh he, wow. He has some awesome stories. He's a right. great dude. I think if you brought anybody on the show, you should bring kind of a fresh perspective from that realm. And between him and Molly, you can't go wrong. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you. All right. And then what question are we not asking that we should be? Um, a question that you're not asking that you should be. Um no, you guys do a great job. Don't put, don't put me on the spot like that. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. And Fair enough. Know, all great questions. Just um, no, no room for improvement. Ask me tomorrow in text and maybe I'll have some. <laughs> all right. Fair <laughs> enough. No, honestly, for, for, I didn't, I didn't know about you. I feel sure I probably watched a dive or two of yours. I'm like, holy crap, that guy's freaking insane. But Thanks. this was literally probably hands down one of my favorite interviews we've done recently. It was really cool getting to know you. And I really look forward to hopefully getting to know you more as a coach, as a person. Yes. And hopefully we're uh, we're on the pool deck together in March, but then also in June volunteering at the trials. So thanks for putting the seed in my ear. It's really nice to meet you guys. I hope to have a beer with you. Um, yes. Nationals and yeah. Cheers. I hope you, I hope you take this as a compliment Ford. but I called Heath right before the episode and I was like, man, this guy's like the most famous person that nobody knows about because I saw your Instagram and I was like, this guy's been all over the world. You know, I was watching like people comment and it's, it's Molly and it's Aiden. I'm like, this guy, man, I, I tell you what, I've never heard of him. I don't know who he is, but he's like the real deal. This is super cool. And Thank you. it's, it's like when you, yeah, I don't know. It's like when you meet your heroes and they're actually like awesome. You know? <laughs> Thanks for the- Thanks for the platform. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, yes. Thank no, you very keep, much. Keep doing your thing, you guys. It's really awesome. It's really fun to talk with you. The conversation's great. No, no improvement needed. It's in a total enjoyment. So, thank cool. you. Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, we are at The Diving Pod. And our email, of course, at thedivingpod at gmail.com. Shoot us any questions, comments, concerns. Um, also, just shout out to our other sponsor, Cowing Robars. You can see Banner in the back. Um, we do online stores, custom t-shirts, embroidery, anything you need. Just let me know. Uh, you need an example of a team online store. Just go to ours. It's divingpod.itemorder.com. Um, and if you do place an order, just make sure you use the coupon code DivePod at checkout. That gets you free shipping. And then also I really wanted to shout out Santa Clara diving. Um, Todd spawn over there. He does a great job with videos. Obviously he posted a really cool one of Ford's. Was it the back four and a half twister? No, no, it was just back here in that pike and a couple others, but yeah, he posted yeah. one. Yeah, that was it was cool to see that like like coming up on our episode here. And um yeah, special shout out to Todd. 
they always are kind of like the go-to place for video, right? Whenever, yes. a, whenever a video of a diver comes out, it's like, oh yeah, what did Santa Clara post? Like they're, the, they're kind of the go-to and we love seeing it. My, my, my favorite yep. is it's like someone goes, oh, did you see so-and-so's inward four and a half, inward three and a half pike? No, let me go to Santa Clara because it definitely got posted there in the last 30 <laughs> minutes. And it's like, that stuff is so valuable. And I think Todd knows that. And it's, it's so helpful for the community. I just had a young lady today. She's like, I was like, hey, can you get videos of inwards? And she goes, well, I watch Santa Clara. I go, perfect. Watch these videos. Here you go. And it's like, that is a resource that I hope more people take advantage of. Yeah. It's like, do you guys remember Dartfish? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dartfish that's just been automated. Yes. That software is now just Todd. Yes. <laughs> I bet, I guarantee you he has Dartfish in his garage. 100%. <laughs> yep. For sure. All right. Boss. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we have. So we'll see you next time.